Welcome to the Walder Sportscast with your host, Chris Walder. Like a phoenix rising from the ashes or CM Punk's grand return to professional wrestling, the Walder Sportscast is back, baby. And I know it hasn't been that long, but it feels like an eternity for me. But as always, my name is Chris Walder. This is episode 49. The Shandon Anderson, who is only one of two players to ever wear that number, by the way, of the Walder Sportscast. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Walder Sports and give the podcast a rating and review when you're done here because it really does help out the show and allows more listeners to check us out. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of the podcast, just a friendly reminder that today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at DraftKings. The NFL season is soon going to get underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving all new players a special offer for Week 1. All you have to do is bet a single dollar during the first week of the season to receive $200 in free bets instantly. Seriously, that's all it takes. A single dollar instantly grants new users $200 in free bets. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook now to check out all of the great promotions and daily odd boosts. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a dollar bet on any week one game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League. Must be 21 years of age or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, new customers only, restrictions apply, see DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. So this is my first episode since August the 2nd, and believe me when I tell you, there's a solid explanation for that, and it basically revolves around me having a new job that requires me to talk a lot, so when I get home after an 8.5 hour day when you're talking for like 90% of it, the last thing you want to do is continue talking, and it wears out your voice, it wears me out, it's a lot to deal with, especially when you're getting into a new routine, but I don't want to neglect the show. A lot of time and effort has been going into production, and I'm not going to let up now. I just honestly needed a little bit of a break. But that break ends today, my friends, because in the world of professional wrestling, if you haven't heard, there's been some massive, earth-shattering, monumental news, and I want to talk all about it. And there's no one better to have on this time than my good friend John Alba, who was actually my second ever guest on the Walder Sportscast, who's currently, and I stress currently, a host for Spectrum Sports 360 out in Orlando. You know, he's moving on to greener pastures. Where exactly, I don't know. Is he joining WWE? Is he joining AEW? I haven't heard a yes or a no. But part of me wants to think that's the future for him. And maybe I'll get it out of him today at some point. But even if I don't, his availability will be non-existent very, very soon. So I'm very lucky to have him on for what could be the final time. And if you're looking for some more Walder Sportscast content in your life... My last interview with Raptors Twitter favorite Reese, aka at Rock Lee Reese, was one of my most popular to date. His Twitter spaces have been incredibly popular, his tweets are entertaining as hell, and the man behind the account is seriously a good all-around dude, and I'm so happy for all of the attention he's receiving. Follow him on the Twitter sphere, and of course, check out that episode to hear from the man himself. With all that being said though, Mr. John Alba, the Emmy award-winning John Alba, joins me once again after this quick break. So keep it locked. Joining me now is John Alba, an Emmy award-winning sportscaster for Spectrum Sports 360 out in Orlando with a new career on the horizon, which he will not tell me, ladies and gentlemen. John, (laughs) my friend, thanks for coming back on the podcast, buddy. I appreciate you having me, man. It's, uh, It's pretty crazy how life comes full circle. We go way back and I'm happy to be here and 
talk about whatever the hell we're going to talk about. And I, I don't even know what we're talking about, and I love that. Those are my favorite types of interviews, so let's do it. Well, first of all, congratulations on this new job, wherever it may be. I, I know you're going to kill it. It's kind of part of the Thank reason you. why I wanted you on again, because soon enough you're not going to be able to do most of these podcast appearances because of your new commitments, which is fine. You know, I feel like one day soon... If not very soon, maybe I'll see you on a, a WWE or an AEW, and I'm just going to lose my shit at that moment. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but uh, again, kind of you know, not knowing where you're heading or, or you have yet to announce it on social media anyway, is there any kind of hesitancy on your part or perhaps anxiety making a career move like this? Because you have a really good thing going at Spectrum Sports. Yeah, you know... I think anytime you make a major career move, regardless of what your industry is, you have to decide, is it going to be worth it? I think our first concern is always financially, is it going to be worth it? But two, how does this pave my path? You know, how, how does it set me up in the future? And in looking for opportunities, my contract was coming up with Spectrum and just kind of seeing what my passions are and how do I keep that fire burning? You know, I think we all get burnout at some point. And I know the high that I get out of doing what I do every night for a living, you know, hosting a half hour sports show. I, I, I know that high. So how do you get that high in other areas? And, and I feel like I've landed on an opportunity that is really going to allow me to do that and continue to pursue some passions that I haven't been able to necessarily explore at the level that I'd like to. Right. And do it on a platform that is going to be a much bigger and more, what's the right word, more fulfilling medium. Um, and, and also, you know, the reality too, Chris, and, and you know this, is that traditional broadcasting is constantly changing yes. and no longer is just being on TV or just writing or just podcasting the way. You, you have to be able to do everything now. So seeing where traditional viewing habits are going, I've found an opportunity that I think is going to allow me to expand my personal presence and also get that fulfillment that all of us kind of look for as broadcasters. I mean, you're a broadcaster, you know, that there's, there's a certain high that you get to doing this. And, and I think I've kind of, kind of finally found something that's going to really reignite some passion there. Well, I'm happy to hear that, my friend. Again, I've, I've said this so many times. I've kissed your butt so many times on social media, you know, working together at WrestlingRumors.net way back when. I knew from that point onward that you were going to be a star, so I'm super excited to kind of see what's in store for you. I also kind of wanted to ask you, too, because, you know, being out in Orlando right now, um, my fiance and I are actually tentatively scheduled to get married oh, yeah? out in the Disney World area wow, um, this when? coming Christmas. Uh, December. We're supposed to be heading up there around December 5th, December 6th, and we're going to be getting married that weekend out in Disney Springs. Uh, there's a restaurant wow. down there called the Paddlefish, which is kind of yes, like a boat fish, that overlooks the yeah, water. Absolutely, yeah, it's yeah. amazing. But the thing now is that because Florida's numbers are so crazy, it's just kind of hard to justify, you know, with the COVID-19 pandemic, bringing a lot of family and, sure. and relatives up there, friends so and family. So you need me to be your officiant is what you're telling me oh well yeah well first of all yes if that, that <laughs> offers on the table i think that would be cool as hell but you know just just for you be living out there right now what's kind of the vibe in, in florida these days because i know uh, with your governor and whatnot uh, the covid regulations are, are pretty loose at the moment how do you feel in terms of your own personal safety and that of those around you well loose is a loose term <laughs> because <laughs> there are no covid regulations period um I, I, you know, first off, congratulations to you guys, and, and I'd love to catch you while you're down here. Um, I have really struggled during this pandemic with living in Florida, to be quite frank. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe it's because you know, I'm, I'm originally from the Jersey, New York City area, and life is just a little different there. And people tend to be a little more cautious when it comes to stuff like this. And like, you know, to each their own, everyone is entitled to their own opinions on stuff. Um, I just am a big believer in human empathy. And I don't believe that there has been a whole lot of that here in Florida. Right. And people tend to kind of put their quote unquote, personal freedoms over everything else, which again, that's their prerogative. Um, 
as a broadcaster who's had to go into the field interviewing people every single day since the beginning of this pandemic, it hasn't been easy. I've been exposed to COVID more than 20 times, and I thankfully haven't contracted it, and I'm vaccinated and masked wherever I go still. But, you know, that's that's not a priority for a lot of people, and you can't make people do stuff ultimately at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, it's been tough. I'm not going to lie to you, but you know, it's taught me a lot about the type of people that I want to surround myself with in life. And yeah, so I guess that's kind of the solace that I take out of it. This is an eye-opening experience for everyone. We're seeing, you know, the the non-vaxxers who's getting their full vaccinations. Uh, You know, it's it's tarnishing some relationships out there, you know, even my own personal relationships. But I would just like to see that the numbers kind of do go on an upward trajectory in terms, you know, in in terms of getting better, because I would love to go up there in December and get married to my fiance. We do have all the money invested into this. And of course, uh, if we do end up in Florida, I would love to see you again. Uh, It's been quite a while since I saw you at that concert that I attended. Seven years. Seven years. years. Yeah. Facebook memories. Shout out to Facebook memories for reminding (laughs) me of that day. But um, I, I also didn't mention this in the intro intro either. You know, I have to obviously put a spotlight on you being an Emmy Award winning broadcaster. <laughs> but you're also doing work over at Limitless Wrestling. And you're representing the main attraction, Mac Daniels. And I believe you're even having your in-ring debut next month for the promotion. Which, sign me up because I think that's going to be amazing. But, you know, obviously you're living the dream of... Every childhood wrestling fan, you know, working for a promotion like that, what have you kind of carried over from being a sportscaster into being a wrestling manager, a wrestling heel, and how has being an on-air reporter kind of helped that transition for you? Yeah, I mean, I've been working on the independent scene for almost six years now, and, you know, I work all over, but I'd say Limitless is probably my home promotion, and and I'm so proud of Limitless because I genuinely, and obviously I'm biased here, but... I genuinely believe Limitless is one of the top independent promotions in the country from not just an in-ring standpoint, but also from a storytelling standpoint. I don't think you see a lot of indies invest in quality storytelling in the way that Limitless does. And yeah, I'm, I'm currently uh, the manager of a, of a stable called Prestigious, mm-hmm. um, the, the main attraction, Mac Daniels, one of them, and then uh, the Prestige. Brett Ryan Goslin and Channing Thomas. Channing Thomas actually is the one that uh, walked Goldberg down to the ring at SummerSlam this past uh, <laughs> week. He was the one who knocked on his door and then walked him down to the ring. So that was kind of cool. Uh, I said, that makes Goldberg prestigious, which therefore makes me Goldberg's daddy. Uh, so so, so I, think th- I think that's how the transitive property works. Um, but it's been amazing, man. It's it's a total childhood dream, like you said, getting to live out. I'm I'm a performer at heart, and as you were just talking about with the band stuff, you know, I don't get to play music really anymore, so I have to get that performance side of me out. And uh, tapping into that as a pro wrestling manager and as a commentator has just been a blast. And Randy Carver, the owner of Limitless Wrestling, uh, has just been so amazing in allowing me to have a lot of creative say. And not just what I do, but he's gotten me involved with helping book the territory more or less. And so I'm getting that experience in in promoting and booking. And in turn, it helps me have a better understanding of pro wrestling. And I think that's what's allowed me to become a better pro wrestling reporter, because I have more of an understanding of the intricacies of pro wrestling. I have to ask, though, you know, I know he's technically your your on-screen, you know, client at this point, but who has better hair you are Mac Daniels. Oh, I mean, he would agree that it's me. Usually. And Mac Daniels, <laughs> listen, Mac Daniels is a hunk. There's there's no doubt about this. He is the main attraction. He is the perfect combination of aesthetics and athletics that pro wrestling has been looking for for years. But, um, I mean, he knows I've got the hair, but he's he's got the body. He's got all that stuff. And, yeah, uh, I'm going to be tagging with him and the my other members of Prestigious to face uh, – Team Davey N at the Limitless Wrestling six-year anniversary show, September 25th. Uh, it's going to be her and three partners of her choosing. Davey N, one of the top pro wrestlers in New England pro wrestling. She's been on AEW Dynamite and uh, Dark. And I'm excited to get in there with her and prove that uh, she should have joined Prestigious when she had a chance to. How much thought have you put into your finishing move at this point? If you're able to execute it in the match, have you have you been working on some I, special you know, maneuvers? I, so I have been training, and I, this is not my first match, but it will be my first match on this stage. And I, I've took some Twitter suggestions from people asking, you know, what 
should I make my finisher? And I got a lot of good suggestions. So I'm, I'm not going to reveal the tricks of my trade here, Chris Walder. <laughs> but but uh, I think people, when they watch the match, which, by the way, will be live streamed on IWTV September 25th, so you can watch it. Um, I think people will be in for a lot of surprises with that match. And it's going to be awesome. Well, if you want to see John Alba do a shooting star press next month, uh, check out his debut exactly. for, for Limitless Wrestling. Uh, I, seriously, I think this is so cool that you're getting in the ring like that. And again, your work Thank with you. Limitless Wrestling has been awesome to watch. And, you know, wrestling is obviously what I want to kind of dive into today because, you know, there's been an abundance of news over the past several weeks. And has where there? Really? Oh, just a little bit, my friend. I mean, just a little bit. And I mean, perhaps none bigger than the arrival of CM Punk in All Elite Wrestling, John. You know, obviously a huge moment, a monumental return. Did huge ratings for Rampage last Friday. The YouTube numbers have skyrocketed. Interest in All Elite Wrestling right now is perhaps higher than it's ever been. And it was obviously the the worst kept secret in the world for people in the know that CM Punk was coming to AEW, that he'd be debuting in Chicago, of course, his hometown turf. Having seen his debut, John, and the immediate follow-up in Milwaukee, how would you kind of grade AEW's handling of Punk's debut and then his immediate follow-up on Dynamite as well? I mean, it's been a home run, right? I, I don't know how you could think anything less. I think the debut itself was a moment in time that... Pro wrestling fans are going to remember for a very long time. And then watching his promo on Dynamite, I just said to myself that this guy could make me want to run through a wall. He could convince me to do that. (laughs) He's he's such a real, authentic promo. It just feels like he's talking to me. And that's Mm -hmm. what a great promo is, especially a great babyface promo. So I think he brings so much to the table for AEW and talking to him and his media availability, it's very clear that he really badly wants to work with these young talent. And I think you could see it in his eyes, too, that he's happy to be back in pro wrestling. And that's the most important thing. Like, he loves pro wrestling again. And I think that's the best thing. Speaking of the young talent, do you think Darby Allen is the right opponent for Punk's first match back? Because they're currently slated to fight each other at All Out on September 5th, obviously Allen being one of the company's biggest baby faces, of course, but it's unlikely he'll be treated as such in front of Punk's hometown fans. Do you think there was maybe a better route to go here, or is this something that you think will ultimately benefit Allen in the immediate future? It was a little surprising. I'm not going to lie to you when it was becoming clear that it was Darby, but Darby is someone they're positioning as a top guy in AEW, and what an endorsement that will be from CM Punk to work with him. CM Punk said it multiple times. He said it on the media availability, and he said on Dynamite this week that if he was a kid watching pro wrestling, Darby Allen would be the guy that he'd like the most. And I think that's a huge endorsement in and of itself. So they'll go out there, have an awesome match. I, I do believe that. And I think it's going to be great. I, I really do. And maybe there's an opportunity to spur that into a tag team. Maybe there's an opportunity right. to go different places with that. I don't know. So I, I think that's a great way to go. And like you said, it's going to be a little hostile for Darby there, but <laughs> I'm excited. I'm going to be there in Chicago for it, and I can't wait. I think it's going to be just an incredible environment. Well, listening to that promo on Wednesday, you know, in front of the Milwaukee crowd, CM Punk obviously teasing the imminent arrival of Brian Danielson. Couldn't have been more obvious. The fans in the stands are chanting yes, and he's just encouraging everyone to just be a little bit more patient. They're obviously not trying to hide this uh, debut as much as they tried to do with CM Punk. Do you think this is the right way to go for Brian Danielson? I think a lot of people right now expect him to be, be debuting at the Arthur Ashe Stadium show next month. That remains to be seen if he does come. Are, are you a fan of, of CM Punk essentially spoiling to the fan base that perhaps isn't aware that Brian Danielson is coming using that promo to do so? I mean, I think pretty much everyone in the AEW fan base knows that Brian Danielson's coming. So I, I don't right. think he was much of a spoiler. I think it was a wink and a nod, and that's cool. I dig that. That's what they did with Punk, and it was it was good. It worked, right? Like, it paid right. off tangibly. We saw the numbers. It paid off. So if you continue to do that, that's great. Truthfully, with Brian Danielson, I wouldn't even let it be a surprise. I would start airing vignettes for Brian Danielson. Okay. Um, build build up to that. You know, they've done so many surprise debuts. Let's, let's see some vignettes for Brian Danielson. He's the best pro wrestler in the world. He's coming to your promotion. Let people know he's coming and build up that excitement. I see no issue with that. I like that uh, Kenny Omega in particular is using his wardrobe 
to subtly tease the arrivals of superstars. Obviously, he had the Cookie Monster shirts uh, for CM Punk. I, I didn't catch this myself, but I believe someone on Twitter mentioned that he had a dragon on his shirt during the Christian oh, Cage and, and Don Callis promo. So yeah, I didn't even catch that either, yeah. Yeah, just a, just a little, uh, again, more teasers from AEW stars for, for Brian Danielson, which I think is just going to be an incredible acquisition, whether or not he wrestles uh, as frequently as we would love him to. Maybe it's just a, a few appearances here and there. But again, AEW just scooping up all these talent. But uh, I've been seeing critiques as of late on social media more and more, John, that, you know, that AEW is almost kind of falling into this trap that the old TNA did, where they're scooping up former WWE talent and relying so much on ex-WWE guys. And, of course, we're seeing that a lot lately with Christian Cage, obviously CM Punk. Paul White has a match at All Out. Mark Henry is a commentator now. Malachi Black made a event to Dynamite. And, of course, Brian Danielson uh, appears to be on the way. And now we're seeing rumors of, like, an Adam Cole, a Bray Wyatt, a, a Pete Dunne. You know, obviously, they're, they're big names, major acquisitions. But, you know, John, is, is this just a matter of, hey, these guys are available. You'd be crazy not to sign them. Or, you know, if you were advising Tony Khan directly, per se, do you think there comes a point where you need to stop spending and simply focus on the talent you have right now? I don't think it's getting in the way of putting on an entertaining program. I think there is definitely a, a limit on how many you want to bring in, but let's also keep in mind, for the most part, these are guys that can make a legitimate difference, whereas the old TNA days, they were bringing in guys who were over the hill and, and weren't making a difference. This is much more akin to bringing in Kurt Angle in TNA than it is to bringing in Eric Bischoff. Okay. You know what I mean? Now, there are there are guys like, you know, I don't necessarily think Paul White should be wrestling a whole lot in this promotion. <laughs> I don't think Mark Henry should. But they're valuable people to have on your staff, you know. Um, are, are they great broadcasters yet? Not really. But they're valuable people that you have on your staff to mentor young talent. I think that's important to have. No doubt about that. Um, as far as, like, the Bray Wyatts and the Adam Coles, those are guys who were legit stars in WWE. So if you can bring them in, why wouldn't you want to bring them in and incorporate them in ways where young talent are going to get benefits? Look at what they're doing with CM Punk. They're not making CM Punk the AW champion out of the gate. He's working with the top up-and-coming talent in Darby Allen. Mm -hmm. That's how you use these legends. That's how you use these stars. Whereas TNA was bringing them in and making them their top guys right away and, and putting them in championship matches and winning. And I understand you have Christian Cage doing that, but... I think the way you're using Christian Cage, he's still coming in with your top established champion guy, and you're using his ability in there to go out there and, and further establish Kenny Omega's in-ring credibility in the eyes of a more mainstream American audience. I don't have an issue with that. Are you at the least bit excited to see Paul White in the ring at All Out against QT Marshall? Like, how much time do you think that match gets? <laughs> I hope it's no more than a three-minute match, quite frankly. Um, <laughs> it's nothing against Paul White or anything, but there are so many other people on this AEW roster that I'd rather see have a match at that pay-per-view, and that's a credit to the quality of talent they have that I'd really like to see them. Um, so, yeah, I've seen a lot of big show matches in my day, and I don't know if I really need to see a whole <laughs> lot more. I, I know they also announced on Dynamite that we're getting John Moxley versus Satoshi Kojima. The the forbidden door remains open. We're getting some New Japan talent in an AEW ring. Obviously, some fans are a little bit disappointed. We had the Hiroshi Tanahashi match dangled yeah. in front of us, and mm -hmm. you know, obviously, there's a major New Japan show that weekend. Do you think Kojima is kind of like? A, a suitable replacement, obviously not the star power that a Tanahashi has, but I think these two can have a really solid match. Yeah, they'll they'll have a great match. I, I am disappointed because, I mean, it's very clear there was going to be Tanahashi and then all those COVID stuff happened with those New Japan wrestlers that clearly caused New Japan to pivot here, which stinks because I mm -hmm. really wanted to see John Moxley and Tanahashi in person selfishly. Um but yeah, I, I see no reason why. I mean, John Moxley is a very versatile performer, and I think anytime you have that blend and expose American audiences to a different style, I think that's great. A company or, you know, a brand, if you will, that seems to be right now on the complete opposite spectrum 
of an All Elite Wrestling is NXT, John. And you've been there with the reports initially that NXT is about to undergo quite the makeover. And that was confirmed in the Nick Khan interview uh, on YouTube with Ariel Hawani, you know, for focusing more on developmental than anything else, getting bigger, building stars for the future. And even on last Tuesday's episode, you know, we're kind of seeing that start to come to fruition. Like larger guys like a Ridge Holland, a Duke Hudson are receiving more of a spotlight. Is there a fear as a fan, John, that these changes are ultimately going to alienate the fan base that NXT has built up over the years as this super indie promotion? Or can change be considered a good thing here? Because I feel like NXT was showing signs of becoming stagnant and stale anyway. Sure. Yeah, I think there's definitely validity to that. There is definitely going to be a shift, and it's not going to look like your NXT of the past few years. It's not going to be dramatically different. I was actually talking to about four different NXT talent yesterday about it as we record this. Mm-hmm. And most of them are very excited for it. And there's this is nothing against like an Adam Cole, who's a legend in every way, genuinely. But how many times can you thrust Adam Cole into a main event match in NXT at this point? He's done everything, you know? Mm. So the whole point of NXT is to find this new up-and-coming talent. So I think with some of the releases we saw and and with this changing of the guard, it'll give a chance to a lot of those talent who have a chance to prove something here. Your Hit Rose, your Carmelo Hayes, your Odyssey Jones. You know, I think those are all people that will really benefit from this. And that's how it should be. I mean, look, here's the reality. I enjoyed Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly on TakeOver, But it was not a match I needed to see. We've seen it a million times already. And I would have much rather had the breakout tournament finals there. Or I would have much rather had Legato versus Hit Row on there. So I think they'll use this as an opportunity to give some of those people more of a chance. And we'll see how it translates to TV. If you had to make an educated guess at this moment, do you think Adam Cole is main roster bound? Or do you foresee him maybe going to AEW? My gut says he's headed to AEW. But if they show him enough money and allow him to keep his Twitch stuff, I could see him going in the main roster. Is this kind of like a situation where there's smoke, there's fire? I know, you know, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega have started to do the teases, the seance, resurrecting Adam Cole from the dead. (laughs) Is that just they're having fun with the situation or perhaps they are leading us to believe that Cole is heading to AEW? I mean, why not build the hype if you can, you know, even if it's true or not, why not hype it a little bit? (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I quite enjoy it. Obviously, they have the wrestling community wrapped around their finger, all these big names seemingly being available, and uh, the potential of some major crossovers going to AEW. I think that's really fun for wrestling fans right now. Although, you know, personally, you know, with, with this shift in philosophy for NXT, part of me does worry a little bit about some of the smaller talent, like a Johnny Gargano, a Tommaso Ciampa, some of those lifers, you know, a Kyle O'Reilly, if they ever have any aspirations of heading to the main roster what a Vince McMahon may think of them, what he would utilize them as on Raw and SmackDown. Do you do you worry at all about guys like that, or do you think their talent will kind of overshadow everything else? I think it's all dependent on what the mood is on that given day. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we've, we've seen people come in and shine, and then we've seen the opposite of that. I think it's very clear right now what the mentality is as far as smaller indie guys in the main roster. That much has been made pretty clear. So... I think, and I believe it was Tyler Breeze who said this on Chris Van Vliet's podcast, that hack Chris Van Vliet <laughs> four Emmys or whatever he wants to tell. But I think he said it there that if you want to go to the main roster, you have to know what you're signing up for. It's hard to envision, uh, you know, WWE dropping the ball with someone like a Johnny Gargano, a Tommaso Ciampa. But we've seen some of the recent main roster call-ups not exactly set the world on fire. And we'll touch a, a little bit about that later on. But, you know, I, what, I want to ask... A, what a hack Chris Van Vliet is. You got me going here, huh? Like that... Oh, he's come can, on. <laughs> he's, he's, you, you Canadians, I'll tell you, man. This guy walks around tweeting pictures of his Emmys at me. I mean, what what a hack. That's a guy I'd like to get in the ring with, Chris Walder. Hey, it's not about quantity. It's about quality, my friend. And Damn you, right. And, exactly. And I'd like to point out, he's got his little regional Emmys. Mine is a national Emmy, and national Emmys are bigger. And yeah, size does matter, Chris Van Vliet, okay? Just oh, taking man. that. We got to take this heat and transition uh, it over to the ring. We got to see a one-on-one bout I've, between I've the been two of the best for in the game. I've, I've been calling for it for years now. I'm ready to take on Chris Van Vliet. But anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to 
hijack your show there. You've been wanting to ask me a question. What is that question, Chris? Look, at this point, I kind of want to roll with this. I want to I want to just elevate this heat even more so because, look, Chris Van Vliet versus John Alba, that's the bout that everyone wants to see. He'll put asses in seats. <laughs> Limitless Wrestling is just salivating at this opportunity. I hope they're listening to this podcast. I want to get this booked because I think it would be a million bucks. But uh, no, I I did have a question. Just you know, it's an, it kind of relates to your role as a reporter as well because obviously uh, relates to NXT because lately you know uh, and they've always had this slogan you know we are NXT we are NXT it's all about the fans but. Recently, we've been seeing a lot of reporters, a lot of fans kind of being kicked out of these events because they're posting spoilers. They're sending it to some of these major wrestling sites. And, you know, NXT is very adamant that they don't want spoilers being leaked, which is extremely hard to do these days because when fans are there, you can't guarantee, unless they're signing papers when they enter the building, that they're not going to share spoilers. What's kind of your thoughts on that and the recent string of people being ejected from these NXT events? Yeah, I mean, if you don't want people sharing spoilers, you have to do NDAs. And if you're not going to do NDAs, then you have to expect that they're gonna, word's going to get out. It's just the reality of it. So I think it's the company being in the wrong on that. And also, too, if anyone has learned from history, spoilers rarely ever affect viewership. In fact, if you book good things, people will tend to want to tune in to see what happened. So I don't see an issue with spoilers, quite frankly, I think it's a very small contingency of people who read them and say, I'm not going to watch that. So I, I think the company's in the wrong. I think any company that does that is in the wrong, quite frankly. Does NXT lose a little bit of goodwill when it does stuff like this? I mean, you know, the changes to a, a different philosophy are going to, you know, upset certain people. But when you start ejecting fans for, for doing something that, you know, technically there's no law preventing them and they didn't sign anything to say they shouldn't do it. Is NXT kind of like just hurting itself at this point? Yeah, absolutely. It, it's bad will with a promotion that generally has had very good will with fans and NXT fans that go to those shows love it. It's a tradition. So I think that's just something you really want to avoid. And I hope they come around and prevent stuff like that from happening in the future. Well, John, my man, I, I have this semi-recurring segment on the Walder Sportscast, especially when it comes to professional wrestling. It's it's very simple in execution. It's just likely or unlikely. I'm going to throw some scenarios at you, and you explain to me whether it's likely or unlikely and explain why. Sound good? Let's do it. So when I had you on the podcast last time, we discussed a tweet that Chris Jericho had sent out where he declared himself to be the best professional wrestler in the world, but then he soon deleted it. So, John, likely or unlikely, the best wrestler in the world currently is not in All Elite Wrestling. Hmm. I think the I'm best the hard pro wrestler, at you. I think the best pro wrestler in the world will be in AEW shortly in Brian Danielson. Okay. But um, <laughs> I know, I mean, I think I think it's I think if you were like to do like a top three best pro wrestlers in the world, I think Brian Danielson's in there. I think Shingo Takagi's probably there and maybe a Will Ospreay or we forget about a yeah. lot of the New Japan guys because New Japan I mean, has been in, in such a rut these days because of the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, Will Ospreay's pretty freaking incredible. And mm -hmm. I mean, look, I stand by it. I think Kenny Omega's got that too. Yeah, I, Kenny's. I could watch Kenny Omega any single day. I think his matches are just so unique and incredible, and I think people who spend their time hating on Kenny Omega are just so in the wrong. Is Roman Reigns in that conversation? Because in my opinion, he's more so kind of a big fish in, in an otherwise small pond right now. I know it's WWE, it's the biggest promotion in the world, but it's not like there's many challengers, you know, gunning for his sure. throne at the moment. I mean, I'd, I'd say as far as Roman Reigns go, I wouldn't say he's in the best pro wrestlers in the world, but I'd say he's one of the biggest stars in the world. I think those are okay. two different things. I think those are two different things right now. Um, I think you could argue that Roman Reigns is quite possibly the biggest star in pro wrestling right now. Period. Uh, well, CM Punk coming back. Uh, yeah, mm. I don't know. Uh, between <laughs> the two of them. Between the two of them. Likely or unlikely, and we mentioned these names earlier, of course. Two of the following three names: Adam Cole, Pete Dunne, and Bray Wyatt will be all elite by the end of the year. Likely. Okay, who, who would you put your money on at this point? You said Adam Cole is likely heading there. Do you have any, uh, are, do you have high hopes for Dunn or Wyatt? I think Bray Wyatt will be there. And I think, I pitched this immediately the day that he was released. I had a lot of people just 
crucifying me on social media for this. I couldn't believe this. And then the tease they did on Dynamite this week certainly makes me think I might have some, I might be onto something here where um, I think Bray Wyatt coming in as the leader of the Dark Order is like, it writes itself, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, like the Brody history obviously is there, but also his history, which is like crazy cults. It writes itself. And <laughs> the direction that you could take the Bray Wyatt character, it could be a weird, spooky character. It could be like a fun, ingest, over-the-top, ridiculous character, too. I think there's a lot of room to go with that. And on Dynamite, they tease the Dark Order not having a clear leader, which I know he still probably has another two months on his non-compete, but AW is the company that has proven that it has no problem doing a three, four-month build to something. So, <laughs> Yeah. I, I like the connection to Brody Lee as well. I think that would be a nice tribute. Obviously, the connection with the Wyatt family. Uh, I'm I'm with you, man. I think Bray Wyatt leading the Dark Order and bringing them back together. They're obviously leaning that way because of what we saw on Dynamite. But, uh, John, likely or unlikely, this current iteration of Karrion Cross on the main roster over on Monday Night Raw. You know, no Scarlet, the demolition gear that he was wearing. Karrion Cross is currently dead in the water unless drastic changes are coming. Uh, I would say that is likely. Um, my co-host uh, on our Living the Gimmick Patreon and someone you know very well, Doug McDonald, and I yes. uh, dubbed him uh, Kinky Cross this past week. So um, <laughs> uh, that's unfortunately where it is and um, stinks because uh, he had a great act going and I don't see this going anywhere. And lastly, likely or unlikely, wrestling fans are going to immediately reject Becky Lynch as a heel, forcing WWE to shift immediate plans. Well, I'll say <laughs> I'll say unlikely because of, of one caveat in your sentence there. You said forcing WWE to shift plans. Right. I don't anticipate WWE to shift plans. I think they will reject Becky as a heel, but I don't expect them to shift plans. This was a horrible idea from the get-go, right? Like, SummerSlam, you had it, you know, Becky Lynch comes out. Obviously, Sasha Banks was, wasn't was clear to compete, uh, which is another story altogether. They probably should have advertised that fact ahead of SummerSlam. But Becky Lynch comes out, gets this amazing reaction, and then the match lasts all of 26 to 30 seconds. You know, she has these heel mannerisms, sucker punches Bianca Belair, and now we're supposed to hate this woman, but, you know, she spent the last year and a half away. Like, it, it's really, it's going to be quite the chore to to hate on Becky Lynch. Bro, there were people who loved this, and I I couldn't grasp it. I, I couldn't grasp it, I, as you probably saw on social media, and I, I did more than two hours of conversation on this. I just I just couldn't get into this at all and, and thought it was such a disservice to Bianca Belair. And there is this mentality in WWE that you can just beat people insistently and that helps them get over. And it's just not how it works. And people are not going to want to boo Becky Lynch. And apparently, I mean, I confirmed this report from the Wrestling Observer. This was Becky Lynch's pitch to have her be a heel here. Mm-hmm. Have we not learned anything from what happened with Austin in 2001? Yeah, it's, I like that little comparison you made. Oh, on dude, I, I put out a tweet on that, and, and the people are like, this idiot, he is a. <laughs> it is the same thing. Sure, the circumstances aren't entirely the same. The, the wrestling uh, prism has changed quite a bit. And yeah, they didn't have any baby faces to work with Austin, but the principle of you take somebody that everybody wants to cheer and turn them for the sake of turning them. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You can't tell people how to feel. The beauty of pro wrestling and the true essence of what makes it great comes when people feel something about the product or feel something towards a performer. And if you are telling them how to feel, it automatically becomes inauthentic. No, absolutely. Look, I agree with you, man. Look, let the haters on social media hate, okay? If they think Uh, you're an idiot for sending out certain tweets, let them have their moment because you are a wrestling expert and that's exactly why. I have an Emmy, damn it. Yeah, man, come on. Just flaunt the gold, baby. Emmy award winning John Alba. That's why you're on my podcast. I am prestigious. I love the little wrestling promos that you're cutting on the podcast. See, here's today. the problem: people aren't going to be able to differentiate between uh, John Alba and the Emmy Award-winning John Alba character here, as I'm kind right. of seeming in and out of that. <laughs> and we're going to have people on like Ringside News pulling quotes from this, and like uh, Ringside News, who, by the way, um, blocked me once for pointing out that they had a factual error in their article. Then unblocked me, claimed that they didn't block me, and then when I pointed out they blocked me, blocked me again. Jesus um, Christ. So, 
So I told them um, that th they cannot aggregate any news that I post, which um, I just something tells me they're not going to adhere to that. So yeah, they're not going to listen to you. I saw that uh, the DM that they sent to Fuego del Sol when they stood by their report that his contract with AEW was mm -hmm. done weeks prior uh, to him getting the contract on Rampage, and like they blocked him immediately after. I thought that was hilarious. But again, we need less publications like that out in the world. We need more John Albas. We need no. more Sean Rassett. You need you need more Sean Ross Saps. I mean, look, that's the reality. You know, people like Sean. Sean is the best in the business right now. There's no one better Agreed. than him. Um, and he's incredible at what he does. He's a great guy. He brings credibility and journalistic integrity. I've collaborated with Sean on multiple reports. Um, he's great at what he does. And there are a lot of good people out there right now, really. It's actually great to see how much quality has risen to the top in terms of pro wrestling reporting. Mm -hmm. uh, there's more now than ever, the John Pollocks, you know, all, all these people who are credible. And that's, that's good. That is good for the industry. And hopefully it will help get rid of that stink of the quote-unquote dirt sheets. No, absolutely. Wrestling wrestling journalism hasn't been this strong in quite some time. So many big names. Shout out to John Pollock and Wei Ting over at Post Wrestling. I heard that interview you did with them uh, not too long ago. I thought that was such a cool, a cool thing. A crossing of my worlds because I'm a proud member of the Post Wrestling Cafe. But I'm also a proud friend and fan That's of right. you, my friend John Alba. And unfortunately, we are drawing to a close here. I know you're a busy man. But before we sign off, I do have some fun final questions to send you on your way let's do it i got all the time in the world for you <laughs> so jalen sucks john the fourth man in a four-man nba draft who my toronto raptors snubbed to take scotty barnes mm. who i'm very excited to have on the team you know but that basically ensured that Suggs would fall into your lap with the Orlando Magic. So, John, what was your reaction that night when Barnes ultimately ended up with the Toronto Raptors and Suggs became a member of the Orlando Magic? And what was your, you know, what's kind of your expectations for the Magic heading into next season? I was in the draft room when this happened, and there, oh, was, wow. an aud there was an audible gasp uh, when it happened. Um, everyone expected the Magic to be taking Scotty Barnes at five, and it was nothing against Scotty Barnes. Because Scotty Barnes, I think, can be a very good NBA player. But the Magic have had such bad luck with, I, I mean, just historically, you know, they, they traded away all their assets in order to get two picks in the lottery here. And they expected to have a top three pick in this draft. Mm -hmm. And they didn't. And the lottery was not in their favor. So they recognized that they probably weren't going to get a face of the franchise type, which I think everyone kind of figured the top four picks this year were going to be face of the franchise caliber players. And Jalen Suggs was expected to be one of those. So when he slipped to the Magic, it was a moment. Probably one of the most memorable moments in my career as a sports journalist, truthfully, and just pure excitement. And you could tell he's very excited to come to Orlando because he's going to be given the keys to the ship here. Uh, mm -hmm. They think he can be the next Tracy McGrady. You know, he, he's the next face of the franchise here. So I think it's really great for the franchise that this happened. And we'll see. They're going to be really young and inexperienced. I don't expect them to be very good this year. But maybe another year, get another strong asset. This is going to be a very good lock down defensive team that as long as they can find the scoring along the way I could very easily see them creeping into that upper echelon of the Eastern Conference within the next two, three years. So a fellow, you know, Team Disney member like yourself, we talked about this last time on the podcast that you had uh, annual passes to both yes. Disney World and Universal Studios. And you even told me that Epcot is your favorite park of the four and the Tower of Terror over at Hollywood Studios is your favorite yes. attraction. And, you know, let's be honest, Robin Lopez probably signed yes. with the Orlando Magic so yes. he could embrace his Disney side more. Go to Disney more. all the time. Yes, Hell yeah, exactly. I'm super jealous. But, you know, we, we talked about the parks and attractions, John, but I'm sure there's some tasty treats you've had during your trips to the park as well. So what's one or two snacks at any one wow. of the four parks at Disney World that you would recommend to visitors? Wow. Well, I, you know, Disney food is very hit or miss, quite frankly. But if you're going to go to Disney and go to Epcot, you go during Food and Wine Festival specifically. Hell yeah. Um, and... 
food and wine. The past year wasn't the same because of the pandemic, but uh, there's just so many different things that they come up with during food and wine. You always you always find something new there. I always like the stuff they come up with in Japan, but they the past couple of years they've had some variation of a I don't know if you're a sweets fan, but oh, yeah. they have this liquid nitrogen chocolate that is out of this freaking world. I've never had anything <laughs> like it. It is so good. And uh, that's definitely a go-to. Well, shout out to the frozen beer from the Japan Pavilion as well. And the waffles in Belgium. My fiance doesn't know why I keep eating those because they're just waffles. But they're good waffles and I stand okay. by my food choices. But that's fair. John, I, I know you're a big game show fan because I believe one of your childhood <laughs> dreams was to host a game show uh, one of these days. So what are one or two game shows that you would give an arm and a leg to host even for a single episode? Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, deal or no deal. Okay. Definitely, I would love to just have fun absolutely screwing with people on that. Um, <laughs> and I think probably the match game. The match game. Wow, I didn't see that coming. I was yeah. I was thinking you'd be more of a, like a Price is Right guy. No, actually not at all. I'm not really into the Price is Right. Um, I think probably the match game. Maybe, maybe... I, I, I mean, I, I think hosting an episode of Jeopardy would be amazing. And mm -hmm. I, 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 I'm not smart enough to do that, but I think it would just... that That's like the, the, the peak of an on-air presenter's career right there. Well, I hear they're looking for a host. I know the, uh, the executive producer uh, stepped down due to those uh, controversial podcast remarks. So John Alba on Jeopardy, I'm not ruling it out in the not-too-distant okay. future. You never know what's coming your way, my friend. But okay. uh, so, so the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer was released earlier this week, and it hinted at the return of several classic baddies from past films, You know, including the appearance of one of my favorites, Alfred oh, yeah. Molina's Dr. Oct Octopus, you know. Hello, Peter. Like, that line just blew up the internet. John, from the main Spider-Man films, you know, from Tobey Maguire all the way to Tom Holland, which Spider-Man villain from those films doesn't get the love that he or she deserves? I was going to ask if you're asking my favorite, and my favorite is Doc Ock. Um, Too easy. Doesn't get the love that they deserve? Yeah, do you think Jamie Foxx might be in the conversation? The Sandman? You know, there's there's a lot to choose from. I'll be honest. I think the ones that get the love that they deserve are the appropriate ones. I I think the Spider-Man villains on film have been a little hit or miss. Um, right. I was not super into Jamie Foxx's Electro's presentation in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. I actually don't like that movie at all, quite frankly. Um, Nor does a lot of and people. I'm, and I'm curious to see what his what his uh, presentation is like in this new film. But I guess the lizard from The Amazing Spider-Man, which I think is like a fine movie. I don't love it, but I definitely don't dislike it. I, I think the, the, the performance was strong. I, I liked the character evolution in it, but I thought the CGI was not very good on him. Yeah. So if they bring him back for this one, maybe they can uh, touch up the CGI a little bit. Uh, so yeah, I'd say maybe the lizard, but I mean, I feel like the other ones are, are pretty appropriately rated. Like, I, I mean, I loved Michael Keaton's Vulture. I thought that was awesome. And I really liked uh, Mysterio in the last film quite a bit. We, we saw the, the Green Goblin bomb uh, during in the trailer. Oh, yes. Do you think we'll, we're getting a Willem Dafoe appearance? Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> I think he's going to be the leader of the MCU Sinister Six. So I'm very excited. Ooh, very, yeah, same here. John, what's one or two moments in professional wrestling over the last calendar year that you've witnessed that made you question covering the product altogether? Something you watched where you were like, what the hell am I doing with my life? What is this? Retribution and Lily <laughs> the Doll. Lily the Doll. I was waiting for you to say something Bray Wyatt related or at the very least Alexa Bliss. Yeah, Lily. Uh, I, I was at the Raw in Orlando where the Lily Doll uh, winked at, who was it, Dewdrop? It was a Dewdrop, I, I, I think, or yeah, even Marie, uh, yeah. Winked, winked at her and um, that was... Uh, no bueno. <laughs> so anyone who knows you or follows you on Twitter knows that you absolutely, positively I I hate know what the you're wave. About to say. I knew it. I knew it was going. <laughs> Hashtag ban going. the wave. You know it's ban not your cup wave. of tea. Uh, no. If it was, if it was banned forever, I know you wouldn't lose an ounce of sleep over it. But nope. I'm curious though. 
If you have any other pet peeves when it comes to fans at a ballpark or fans at a wrestling event, something they do that just grinds your gears. I mean, fan behaviors in general. Um, I mean, if we're talking wrestling events, I hate the what chant, but I feel like a lot of people hate the what chant, so I don't think I'm alone on that. Um, You know, I think one thing that grinds my gears in general with crowds is when crowds are out there filming everything on their phone when instead of taking in the moment in front of them, whether it's at a show, a concert, whatever it may be, um, take in the moment. There will be other people who will, you know, take out their phones and do stuff. You personally, go watch whatever you're watching. Stay off your phone and enjoy it. Take it in because that's a life experience. Yeah, you paid to be there, right? You wanted to get the authentic live experience. If you just wanted to watch it on a video, you can find it on YouTube afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. Or watch it on TV. (laughs) (laughs) And lastly, John, if you were to leave social media tomorrow, you know, no more tweets, Instagram posts, anything of the sort. glorious. (laughs) What would you want your followers to most remember you for? I'd like to think, I mean, I don't know, you can tell me if I'm wrong here, I could be totally off base. I'd like to think I have a very fun, self-aware sense of humor on social, uh, which I guess, you know, very self-deprecating, I guess doesn't translate well all the time, and some people don't pick up on the sarcasm. Um, So I'd like to think that people who do pick up on that would appreciate that I like to have fun at my own expense often, and... Uh, Some people just don't get it, and that's okay. If they don't, then so be it. So, yeah, I I think that's that's probably that. Well, I'll I'll give you that, John. Uh, Again, this has been so much fun having you back on the podcast, buddy. I know that you have so many huge things coming in the not-too-distant future that will probably prevent you from maybe even coming on the podcast again, but I hope somewhere down the line we can make this happen because I absolutely love talking to you, chatting about wrestling, you know, hearing your, your wrestling promos about other broadcasters in the industry i thought that was amazing but you know before we sign off here just remind the listeners where they can find you on the web well you can find me on twitter at john alba at instagram uh, john underscore alba and listen you want a promo i'll give you a promo chris van vliet i've been sick and tired (laughs) sick and tired these past couple of years seeing you flaunt yourself as this jack of all trades i jump off buildings i go out in public in fancy checkered suits i go around flaunting that i'm pro wrestling's original emmy award winner i'm sick and tired of that it's time for a new breed it's time for new blood it's time for someone to make things a little prestigious around here and chris van vliet any day any day that you want to suit up those boots that i remember you posting videos of of you in canada or you getting your chest (laughs) chopped straight to hell while you're over at flatbacks with tyler breeze and sean spears you want to kick that out once again you name the time you name the place i'm there i'm ready chris walder um there's no better way to conclude this podcast john alba you are the absolute best thank you so much for doing this appreciate you man and that was my interview with my good friend john alba easy twitter handle to remember by the way because it's just at john alba He actually did divulge to me where he's heading next. Super exciting stuff. I'm sure that news will be revealed soon on his terms, of course. Truly one of the best in the industry. And I I really hope I get to see him out in Florida this December. I mean, I hope I get to get married in December, mostly. But seeing John would be a welcome bonus. This has been episode 49 of the Walder Sportscast. Leave a rating and review to help support the show and find all of my past episodes on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Podbean, and Amazon. And of course, use promo code THPN over at DraftKings as a new user and use promo code WALDER at Manscaped.com to save 20% on your next purchase with free worldwide shipping. Next episode is episode 50, and I honestly can't believe I'll have done 50 of these things. Seriously, thank you so much for all of the continued support and for helping me live out my dream of being a host. It's all about the guests at the end of the day, and I'm truly blessed to have been able to chat with so many amazing people. But for now, that's another one in the books. So as always, I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Walder Sportscast. Hit that subscribe button on iTunes and follow Chris on both Twitter and Instagram at Walder Sports. <laughs>